Fire. Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Well, good Monday morning. Right off the bat, I want to say thanks to Dr. Mike Spaulding for giving me the opportunity to speak in his church yesterday. You know, folks, I don't get, I hardly ever get a chance to do that anymore. So it really, really is amazing. And uh, uh, Dr. Mike, uh, let me speak yesterday. We're gonna, I'll have the, um, we're going to have, not that you care, it's probably ego driven, but we'll have the, 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 spe- uh, the talk that I gave yesterday, the gospel presentation I made yesterday available at Coach Dave Live here. Jared's got to do some work to get it set up for us. But I just want to thank uh, Dr. Mike that, that uh, he had the courage to let me come. And uh, it was an honor to be there and spend some good time with him yesterday. He and his, his wife and some of his family. And it was a good getaway for Michelle and I. And uh, over all the snow-drenched flatlands, out, as, you, as you drive west of, of uh, Columbus, Ohio, it gets flat. Man, is it flat over there. I always forget because I live in the hilly section of it. But I just want to salute uh, Dr. Mike. In fact, I'm going to have him on my Brideon show today. Um, Dr. Mike's one of the guys who, uh, he's got tough skin. And when I, when I get on here and I go on a rant against pastors, he doesn't take it personally. I know, I know some guys that do. Probably that's why, he, <laughs> that's probably why they won't let me in the church. But I always, I always tell pastor, listen, I'm not going to come in here and embarrass you. I will never stand in your pulpit and embarrass you. I promise you I won't do that. And I made a presentation yesterday on uh, why why the Lord named us salt. I probably ought to do that on this show as well because it's really really important. We've become the sugar of the earth, right? We have. Uh, I wrote a commentary a couple of years ago called "Our big, the biggest problem in America is spiritual diabetes." That's what we have. We have spiritual diabetes. We've had too much sugar, so much sweetness that we're incapable of functioning as a as a body. Yesterday I spoke on. Uh, with the salt of the earth and why we're the salt of the earth. And if it's up, I just want to thank Dr. Mike for, for allowing me to come on. And again, we're going to be, he's going to be on Brideon with me today. Big news on Brideon. Ohio Brett elbowed his way into a Brideon show. Do you believe that? He was on all last week for John Diamond and Brett did such a good. See folks, I, I, I know a lot of us don't understand this. Sports is an idol in America, right? It's an idol. But that's where everybody lives their lives. Do you have any idea how many churches are going to have Super Bowl half Super Bowl parties at their churches? Do you understand how big the Ohio State Michigan football game is? Do you have any idea the Super Bowl how big it is? The World Series, name whatever it is. Friends, that's where people they live their lives in sports. So sports is not an idol in that we we or Ohio bred on his show worship sports. It's a vehicle through which we can reach people. My goodness. A lot of people still don't get it. And, uh, you know, you get a guy on there like Lawrence Funderburk. You guys don't know who he is. I'll try to get him on the show some uh, here one day. Lawrence Funderburk was a basketball player at the 
University of uh, Indiana University under Bobby Knight, local guy here from Columbus Whirly High School in, in here in Columbus. Went to Indiana, didn't get along with Bobby Knight, ended up at Ohio State, had a great career at Ohio State. Uh, went and played in the pros and found, found the Lord. He's a powerful, powerful Christian man. And to be able to bring to an audience this strong basketball pro that people look up to and hear his testimony, can't you see how that's powerful in spreading the gospel? How we can reach out to people through where they are, where they are living their lives, and that people would come to hear Lawrence Funderburg that would never listen to me or never listen to a pastor or never walk into a church. God, we, we man, we can't we can't miss these opportunities. So, uh, Brett did a great job with with uh, on John Diamond's show last week, and again, I tip my hat to John Diamond. Who else do you know that would give up his time to somebody else? John Diamond does that kind of stuff all the time. He gave up his entire show last week to Brett to talk about sports, yada, yada, yada. And Brett did such a good job with it that Bradyon's giving him a giving him a weekly show. So pat on the back to Brett. How about Lorna? You say who's Lorna? Well, you guys remember the school teacher, Lorna, out in Connecticut, I think it is. Isn't that where she is? Connecticut. And they uh, she wouldn't take the jab, got fired. Remember, showed the video. Guess, so, yeah, Coach, we remember we sent Lorna some money to try to tide her over. How about this? Lorna, uh, Lorna, they reach some type of settlement. Lorna gets 10 weeks. I, maybe I shouldn't say this, Lorna. She gets some back pay. Lorna gets some back pay. She goes back to work next week. So, uh, and in the meantime, she's developed another ministry that earns going to earn her some money. Lord's good, folks. Listen, I'm going to tell you. If you stand for the Lord, he will not leave you. He promised you he's not going to leave you. If you sacrifice for the Lord, if you lay down your life for the Lord, I promise you, you will get a promotion. It'll be beyond what you can ever imagine, friends. I'm just telling you, I've lived it. I've walked it. So God bless Lorna. And, you know, she, man, she stood tall. She said, you know, I'm going to, I spoke to her the other day. She said, I'm going to go back in there. Probably all hate me. Probably won't be a real friendly environment. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. The uh, Lord's going to be with her to protect her on that. So praise the Lord for for Lorna. In fact, she got her job. I made some notes to myself. I'm looking over here. Dr. Paul Goslin. We are flying Dr. Paul Goslin into our event on Wednesday night. If you want to come to our event with Dr. Uh, Sherry, uh, Sherry, Dr. Carrie Madey uh, on Wednesday night, we still have some tickets available. You have to contact me, say, Coach, I'd like to come. The tickets are free. We've purchased some tables. And Dr. Paul Goslin will be there. So those of you locally who've never met Dr. Paul, he's going to be part, part of the event also. We're bringing him in. So we're excited about that. Uh, ben Davis had a great – remember Ben? We had a uh, – folks, I have to be careful how – my wife says sometimes I give out too much information. I'm an open book for the most part. I, uh, what's that Car- Carly Simon song? We have no secrets. We tell each other everything. I, I, I just, I'm a, just an upfront guy, right? Just an upfront guy. And I want to thank all of you because on Friday, I sent out to Ben Davis a $4,000 check from you guys. $4,000 we sent to Ben Davis on Friday. And more coming in. I told Ben there would be more coming in. But sent the initial $4,000 check out to him. So, I want you guys to know what we do with the money is we send the money where we say we're going to send it. So the first the first onslaught that came in just in on Friday was in the neighborhood of, I don't know, $3,500, $4,000, whatever it was. And we wrote him a check and sent it right out of, 
write out for him so that he could have access to it and more of it coming in because a lot of you told me that you were going to write checks. So, um, uh, see, listen, I, I feel hesitant about saying that because I know all I, I know right now there are a lot of financial needs. People looking at me right now have a lot of financial needs. People say, well, how can I get, how can I get on the gravy train? Well, in the, in the gravy train, Ben Davis is a frontline warrior who's laid it all on the line. And the Bible says that no soldier goes to warfare at his own charges or his own expenses. Huh? So he's at war and we're going to fund him while he's at war. That's what we're going to, that's what we're going to do. And he's looking for a job and he'll move. And you guys know that whole story. I want to thank Kevin, um, our buddy up in uh, New Hampshire. Kevin's got him on a couple of shows, including the Hagman Report. Uh, Ben's going to be on the Hagman Report, and we're going to blow this thing wide open and keep moving forward on that. Still looking at my notes. Bear with me a second here. Bobby's having a big event in Pennsylvania next weekend. Bobby, you want to talk about that a second? Do you have? Uh, yeah, I'm here. Go ahead, Bob. Tell us, tell us what's going on. There. All right, I can't the, uh, make it. The, Bobby calls it the Pennsylvania Brigade. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah, Pennsylvania. I'm trying to unify Kentucky and PA. Uh, the outdoor, the PA outdoor show is the largest outdoor show in the world. It's a great time for us to mingle, recruit. We're going to be there doing what we do, uh, handing out cards, uh, wearing our colors, wearing our uniform, and uh, we're going to be we're going to do a honk and wave as well. So we're going to have two teams go in operation at the same time. Bobby, I'm going to send you out a whole bunch of uh, uh, cards, okay? A whole Salt and Light Brigade cards. Michelle, remind me to ship those out to Bobby today. And uh, we'll get them out to you, Bobby. And you're just going to hand out and try to spread the word exactly what's going on. This is a huge, huge event there in Pennsylvania. And Bobby and some of his crew are going to show up there. And we appreciate it, Bobby. So, and, one, and one last thing. I'm, uh, I'm holding specifics because people, if you want to go to this, you're going to have to contact me. I'm holding specifics for what should be obvious reasons. Gotcha, Bobby. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate that. Um, what just went through my head, through my head and out my head. Got that note. Tom Gill. Oh, my goodness. Our dear friend, Tom Gill. Uh, Pastor of pain. Pastor of pain uh, lost his mother-in-law this weekend. And uh, I don't want to, I don't want to give too much details because it's kind of a personal matter, but she had an, she had uh, an elective, uh, an elective test at a hospital and uh, she was perforated and uh, sepsis set in. She went in, I think she went in on Thursday and she, she died. I might have the dates wrong. She went in Wednesday, Thursday, one of those to have a, have a, an outpatient test done. And uh, uh, her, her uh, intestines were perforated, bowels per- perforated a couple different spots. Sepsis set in. We set everybody to praying. She appeared to be getting better and then took a turn for the worst and boom, boom. So while Dr. Paul Goslin's in here, I'd be praying for for Tom Gill and his his wife, his wife in particular, their family. Um, You know, you can die at any time, can't you? I mean, you really can. You go in perfectly healthy. Dr. Paul, let me let me ask you a question because I was I was talking to my wife about this yesterday when we when we got news that she had passed. Uh, what about all these tests that you're telling us to have, Doc? Should women be having uh, should they be having mammograms all the time? Should men be getting prostate exams all the time? Should we? They say you know you got to detect it early. Let us detect it early. Should should uh, should we all be getting uh, colonoscopies all the time? 
Doc, what, what's your view on that? I know you don't give out medical advice, but you, something that you said the other couple of weeks ago really, really hit home with me. And it's that we're chasing numbers. That you go into the hospital feeling perfectly healthy and they give you a, a uh, uh, what do they call that thing? Um, his, uh, colonoscopy. And put a camera up your hind end. They check you out and come back. And say, oh my goodness, you're sick. And then they start giving you medicine, and then they want to give you surgery. And you, all, wait. What's your opinion on that, Doc? Well, I, there's a for whatever reason, there's a, a number of books that just came out with all this Corona stuff. And one of them is, uh, if you want to read it, it's the butchering of uh, healthcare. And uh, there's another one, Twelve Lies of Medicine. Um, and I just went through those um, because when you go through medical school, again, you're, it's one big uh, brainwashing. Um, they don't tell you about vaccines. They tell you when to give them, no questions asked. Um, they tell them you got to do colonoscopies, but the, the true numbers on mammograms, colonoscopies are what is the end point? What's the end point? It's always about survival. Um, so again, um, for instance, like prostates, um, if you looked at 70% of men who died at 70 years old, they'd all have undiagnosed prostate cancer. The point is that if you, like in a mammogram, if you uh, allow the woman just to do self-exams, they would find it before the mammogram. And again, it's radiation, it's, it's humiliating. And it's extremely political. It's all related. It's foolishly related to the feminist movement. And if you, if you kind of watch the news and they push and have ribbons everywhere and everything else, you just got to ask yourself, what's the game here? And it's all about money. So, Paul, the game, the game would be give you a mammogram, discover something, and then begin treatment. Isn't that really the way it works, Paul? And you disfigure the woman when you, when you, if the woman trusts medicine, she'll go down that route. If a man trusts medicine, he'll go down that route with his prostate. And the next thing you know, your, 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 your sexual organs are being destroyed. Mm. I, I honestly believe this is a, this is part of the big scheme. Uh, what, what we're going through right now. Um, and I, and I'll be honest with you from the very beginning in med school, when they told me I had to kill babies, I questioned everything. And, and you know, a, you know yeah. Paul, I, I saw something because of uh, talking about colonoscopy. Sorry, folks, I think this is important. Bear with me a second here. I, in my car yesterday, Michelle and I were driving to, I was going to speak in a, a, a Pastor Mike's church yesterday, and uh, I Googled colonoscopy as we're driving down the road on my phone. Colonoscopy, because they all tell us we have to have them, right? Did you know this, friends? Did you know in 5%, that's in one, I'm sorry, that's in uh, five out of every hundred, one out of every 20 colonoscopies, there's a perforated bowel. Did you guys know that? Did, did you guys know that? It, when you look at it and you do research on it and it tells you 5% of them result in some type of puncture of the bowel. Now, I'm listen. I was born at night, but it wasn't last night. 
if, 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 if I have a one in 20 chance, if I go in there and I'm feeling perfectly healthy and I go in there and I have a one in 20 chance of them perforating my bowel, who is going to do that? So in other words, folks, what is it? If you feel bad, go to the doctor. <laughs> if you, right, Paul? If you feel bad, go to the doctor. But don't go to the doctor and have them do experimental tests on you to try to find sick. I'm not a doctor. Nobody in my family is a doctor. But I'm looking at what's going on around me. And it's, folks, people are being killed in hospitals. <laughs> Amen. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know what else to tell you. So just be, just be very, very careful because we've been taught to trust doctors and medicine more than the Lord, right? We have certainly more than our family. And I'm seeing this, uh, Paul, since I've been hanging around you and Sherry Timpenny and others like that. I'm beginning to understand exactly what you said. Doctors are just programmed. They're just programmed. Like today, I have to go to my cardiologist. This afternoon, I have an appointment with my cardiologist. I can tell you right now how the, how the appointment's going to go. I'm going to go in and I'm going to sit down. He's going to, well, the nurse is going to come in first and she's going to take my vitals and, and then she's going to leave the room. He's going to come in. He's going to sit down in front of his computer and he's going to type some things and he's going to say, well, how, how you, how, how you been feeling? Uh, your blood pressure is a little bit elevated, uh, blah, 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 but uh, that's going to be it. And then he's going to say, well, well, you keep doing what you're doing and here's some more pills. Go take the, that's what's going to happen today at three fifteen when I go to my car. I know it. I know it. Right. So, uh, not that I, you know, I'm thank God for my cardiologist. I guess he's keeping me alive. I guess I don't know. They, he tells me he is. I, I don't know, right? What what do what do we know? And so I, I wonder. I know this when I go in to see my cardiologist. He's going to have a mask on. I know he's going to have a mask on. <laughs> and the last time I said to him, Doc, I did. This is about I don't know how many months ago. I said, Doc, should I be wearing a mask with AFib? And you know, Dr. Paul, he didn't give me a straight answer. He didn't give me a straight answer because I wonder if he'd even researched it. It probably wasn't on his chart, I'm guessing. And, you so, know, I, I think it's important for people to realize that um, there was a, an incredible study that was done about how often does a doctor, when he has a question, go into the other room and Google the question. <laughs> There's not some sacred medical knowledge out there that they go to. Okay. The fact is that Fauci knows a lot of information, right? And he's, he's holding that information back from the public. Um, yes. and obviously it, it's all a game. And if you think about it, if it's the number one moneymaker in the country, medicine, you're being, you're being trailed into the system and then if you have any kind of insurance like Medicare, they're going to make money from you. Okay. Yep, I yep. remember the old days. Remember the old days when doctors used to go to their homes and you, you went in there, you trusted them and they didn't yep. type. They actually examined you. It yep. wasn't this telemedicine thing. That's what I did my whole career. And I did not join a hospital. I didn't give up everything to do that. But it was a mistake for me to go into medicine. I, I don't mean that in a, a critical way. It just you know, I get it. I get it, folks. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to to 
veer off on this, but I think it's I think it's critical. I just think it's critical that we begin to have a little bit of common sense about some of the things that's going to go on, right? Don't idolize doctors. That's all. Don't idolize doctors, uh, folks. Uh, also, Sir, uh, our good buddy Serge lost his uh, father this weekend. Now he was an older man, ninety four, ninety five years old. Still, it's your only daddy. So just be in prayer for Serge as well. That you know the grief that goes along with lo- the finality of losing your dad, all that kind of stuff. Um, pretty pretty big deal. Hear the Watchmen March. I'm going to we're going to be part of Hear the Watchmen on uh, March 18th, 19th. I'm uh, going to be in Texas. So some of you Texans down there want to come by and be part of this event. I just got confirmation on that that we're we're going to be part of that as well. It's the 17th through the 20th, and uh, they're good. And they're good because we get to see all you guys. I'll go. Higher Brett's going to be there, too. How about that? Cool. Awesome. Let me move on. Can I move? Is it okay? Wait a minute. No, no. Myra's got something. Let me get the four of you here. Gosh, it's been a week, and i got a thousand things to talk about here today. Okay. Myra, come on in. Yes. Good morning, saints. How are you? I want to petition the Lord. Um, Hebrews 1 9. The thou has said, Lord, that you love righteousness and hate iniquity. I bind the spirit of witchcraft, of control and manipulation. I lose the glory and faith of God. I pray for peace for the convoys in Canada and the cowboys and trucks convoys. Uh, Isaiah 54, 17, no weapons against you shall prosper, and every tongue which arises against you in judgment, you shall come in. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, we're raising a warrior out there in Maryland, aren't we? <laughs> Go get him. God bless you. Julie, come on in. Good, bless morning. You, Good morning, team. Um, you know, you were talking about the colonoscopy. Well, I thought, well, I'll try that Cologuard, right? Well, I got the kit and everything, and then they sent me a letter and the thing and saying, well, even though you're getting this, it could be a false positive or a false negative. I'm like, oh, yeah. So I'm like, I'm done. I'm not doing it. (laughs) So, so Spencer, Spencer, real quickly here, just Google colonoscopy. Put put in risks of colonoscopies. See See what comes up. Risks of colonoscopies. What's, what's it going to, well, first of all, it's going to take us to some MD thing, right? It's going to take us to some medical guys where they're, they're going to tell us. What's it say? Web MD. Claude, let your doctor check the inside of your colon and rectum for cancer and polyps. Uh, they'll give you a, a, a belly pain or discomfort. It's fairly, it's fairly safe. It's fairly safe. It's a fairly safe exam. It says for every 1,000 procedure, the risk of colonoscopy complaint can include belly pain or discomfort, bleeding. You could notice blood from your rectum, uh, polystectomy, electrolyte syndrome. Your dollar cuts off a collapse, spot going down, battery infection, colonoscopy tools, perforated intestine. What? Yeah, the tool that your doctor uses could push too hard against your colon. This can cause a small tear on your doctor, may be able to repair it with surgery. You guys know this? Did you know 5% of them? 5% of them, if we keep going on down there, 5% of them. And then the, there's the there's the post-colonoscopy complications, severe pain, rectal bleeding, vomiting, dizziness, fever around. Oh, yeah, let's go get one. <laughs> let's go get one. <laughs> Crazy, isn't it? It, it's absolutely, folks, it's, 
All right, let's get on to a different subject. Nobody's had breakfast anyway this morning, right? <clears throat> Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, all your ways. Acknowledge him. Patriot, uh, Kevin, come on in. All right, well, just remember when uh, we say they're chasing the numbers, those numbers have decimal points and dollar signs. That's what it's all about. Follow the money. Love of money is the root of all evil. Dale, come on in. Well, hallelujah, Coach. I don't know if it was on your list to talk about, but if the Tony Spell thing is going to be something people need to kind of think about that, I believe it's March 22nd, uh, and we will have you as our guest speaker that Sunday morning. We do it every year. It's not. I'm not picking on you, Coach, but we do a big annual crawfish boil. Awesome. That is the height of the season. Of course, we'll have squirrel and everything else for you. No, I'm kidding. We'll have other things for the grill. But there's a potentiality that it's it the, the Supreme Court of Louisiana is right in New Orleans also, right down by where the federal building was. So if this is stuff that just get in the back of people's minds that they're going to come in, the hotel is going to give you a discount because we were feeding all their employees during the storm. And he said, you we will give you a discount. And so I just want to put that out there as, as something that we'll need to discuss. Awesome, Dale. So we are going to be planning to go down there and stand with Pastor Tony outside like we did before. That's March. What was the date, Dale? Just I, I believe lost. it's the. My wife and I were talking about it yesterday. I believe it's either the twenty second or the twenty third. I think it's the twenty second. That's stuck in my head. March twenty second. So we're going to we'll be going to be going down there again. Praise uh, Praise the Lord. Uh, uh, anybody else jump in here before I got to I move on? I got some. See the truckers. This is what really ticks me off. The truckers are doing. The job of the pastors. Huh? The truckers. Folks, now listen. If you would go back and play the tapes, you would know that Coach Dave said maybe four years ago, maybe five years ago, maybe even six years ago, Coach Dave, went, hang on, I'm going to pat myself on the back here real quick, told you that the pushback against the forces of darkness was going to come from the NASCAR crowd. Does anybody remember me saying that? Said it wasn't going to be the churches, it wasn't going to be the pastors, it was going to be the NASCAR crowd, the good old boys who'd had enough of it, who 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 wouldn't know God if he came and sat beside them inside their rig. And look what's going on. It is, in fact, the NASCAR crowd. They call them patriots who are pushing back, while the men of the cloth, for the most part, are off twiddling their thumbs and hiding, right? That's what's going on. We got a we got a tremendous job ahead of us to try to to awaken this beast called the church. We got to do it. Reggie, come on in. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. So, has anybody ever wondered that possibly the trucker convoy and the strength and power and numbers is being diverted and orchestrated to the wrong area? I think we need them at the border where these children are being brought in and trafficked. Well, there's a move to do that, Reggie. There's a move to where? do that. No. I'm involved in all that, and I haven't seen it yet. I saw. I have two emails this morning on it. I'll send, I'll send it to you when I get Please off. Please do. Awesome. Uh, uh, Jerry, come on in. I think it's Jerry. Morning, Coach. Yeah, Morning. there's uh, the movement's going strong. Uh, Emerson border was shut down. Uh, in Manitoba, Alberta was shut down. And I believe they're working on the border in British Columbia. Uh, the RCMP or the Ottawa police went into the convoy and confiscated what they thought was a large um, uh, supply of diesel and 
it isn't. It was just a little bit that they have put aside. This is going to go on for as long as it takes. Amen. We need to fight. It's got to be. We do. Well, the point Reggie was making, rather than going to Washington, D.C., how about closing down the border? How about going down and putting those trucks down on the border and drawing attention to it? But we're still fighting the same fight, right? The media won't cover it. The media, so it's, it's an information war. Amen. Joe Allen, Amen. come on in. Then, then Paul. I'm sorry. didn't mean to cut you off, Jerry. Do you have anything else? Joe? No, Coach. That's fine. That's great. Okay. Joe, come on in. What's Coach say all the time? We're winning. We're we winning. We got countries overseas right now are, are screaming genocide. Yep. They're getting they that, want, man. They want the Nuremberg 2.0 as well as here in the States. We have so to push for it. Fauci and Bill Gates is going down. They're they're betting we won't push back, and we got to bet that we're going to. Paul Webb, come on in. You know what, what Reggie said about the child traveling. You know, one of the biggest ones is happening this week: the Super Bowl. I saw I saw that too. Are you saying they're going to blockade it, Paul? Because I did see something on that. As well. No, I, I, I didn't. I didn't hear about that. But that's usually what happens at those events: is yeah. that increases. Yeah. <clears throat> I heard that there was a. Super Bowl blockade in the works. We'll find out about that. Dale. Yeah, real quick, Coach. And I don't know if it was you or somebody else that had an article that said hospitals are the new concentration camps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, sure. You can check in, but you can't check out. You can check in anytime you like. The Hotel California. It's the new Hotel California. Hey, Spencer, <clears throat> let me jump into some good stuff here for you real quickly. Spencer, pull up Paul Harvey. It says pull up Paul Harvey. <clears throat> there it is. Got this today, folks. And I read actually I read it yesterday to my wife, and I thought, man, I got to share this on the show. You guys remember Paul Harvey, right? <clears throat> Paul Harvey wrote this letter to his grandchildren. <clears throat> Sorry for the coughing. <clears throat> Says we tried so hard. Paul Le- pa- Paul Harvey's letter to his grandbabies. I don't know why my cord stuck. There you go. We tried so hard to make things better for our kids, and we made them worse. For my grandchildren, I'd like better. I'd really like for them to know about hand-me-down clothes and homemade ice cream and leftover meatloaf sandwiches. I really would. I hope they learn humility by being humiliated. That you learn honesty by being cheated. I hope you learn to make your own bed, mow the lawn, and wash the car. I really hope nobody gives you a brand new car when you're 16. It will be good if at least one time you can see puppies born and your old dog put to sleep. I hope you get a black eye fighting for something that you believe in. Paul Harvey's letter to his grandchildren. I hope you have to share a bedroom with your younger brother or sister. And it's all right if you have to draw a line down the middle of the room. But when he crawls, when he wants to crawl under the covers with you because he's scared, I hope you let him do it. When you want to see a movie and your little brother and sister want to tag along, 
I hope you'll let him. But I hope you have to walk uphill to school with your friends, that you live in a town where you can do that safely. On rainy days, when you have to catch a ride, I hope you don't ask your driver to drop you two blocks away so you won't be seen riding with someone as uncool as your mom. If you want a slingshot, I hope your dad teaches you how to make one instead of buying you one. If you want to learn to dig in the dirt and read books, I hope you learn to dig in the dirt and read books. And when you learn to use computers, I hope you also learn to add and subtract in your head. I hope you get teased by your friends when you have your first crush on a boy or a girl. When you talk back to your mother, that you learn what ivory soap tastes like. May you, may, you, may you skin your knee climbing a mountain, burn your hand on a stove, and stick your tongue on a fra- frozen flagpole. I don't care if you try a beer once, but I hope you don't like it. And if a friend offers you a dope or, or a joint, I hope you realize he or she's not really your friend. I hope you make time to sit on your porch with grandma and grandpa and go fishing with your uncle. May you feel sorrow at a funeral. Enjoy at the holidays. I hope your mother punishes you when you throw a baseball through your neighbor's window that she hugs you at Chris and kisses you at Christmas time when you gave her a plastic mold of your hand. These things I wish for you, tough times and disappointment, hard work and happiness. To me, it's the only way to appreciate life. There's some truth there, isn't there? Isn't there some truth there? Amen. Amen. I'm pausing a minute, letting it sink in. Psalm 26, Spencer. Bring up Psalm 26. Glenn, come on in. Yeah, you know, you read that. It reminded me, boy, I tell you, talking about a different generation, it reminded me the things that we did when I was a kid. You know, we didn't even have a fishing pole. My brother and I used to tie a rope around an old tire. And then we rolled it into a pond and then pulled it out with a bunch of crawfish. You know, that's how we fished. You know, things like that. I can remember my brother coming home. He he fell out of a tree. He came home. He had a a, a branch stuck in his thigh. (laughs) You know, my eyes bulged out. He wasn't wasn't crying or anything. He says, what do I do with this? Just things like that. Uh, It's a different generation today. Yeah, yeah. We've done it to him, right? It all began... (laughs) <laughs> with the invention of helmets for people riding bikes. Sorry. Sorry if your kid rides a well, bike. Your kid probably doesn't ride a bike. <laughs> but if he would happen to ride a bike and you put a helmet on him, well, that's your too. <laughs> I remember riding backwards on the front. <clears throat> I remember my brother riding a bike and me sitting backwards on the steer- on the uh, bars. You got- anybody remember that? <laughs> oh, boy. Come on in, Jeff. 
coach said, writing you wrote, uh, who will sound the trumpet? Yeah. I copied that off because I had to go to church early yesterday morning. First time in, uh, maybe second time in 17 years, I made it to Sunday school. They were in there, the guys standing up there preaching about David and Goliath, slaying the lions and the bears, and blah, blah. And I had your article there for Pastor Bill to read. I print them out and take them to him. And I'm looking at that. I'm like, and I said, so when are we going to slay the lions and bears? And they all looked at me like, what? And so I read the first couple of paragraphs of that. It was good. I said, we've dropped the ball, people. You know, it's like uh, I, we walked out of there. I told one guy, I said, I'll bet they don't want me coming back to Sunday school again. <laughs> I handed to Pastor Bill and told him what I did. He looked at me and smiled. And he said, thank you, JC. Amen, baby. Amen. We need a we need a Christian revolution for sure. We do for sure. Joe Allen, come on, and then I'm gonna read the song. Go ahead, Joe. So we got we got to train our kids. This weekend we had our homeschool kids from age 16 down to 10, skinning and butchering a 1200 or 1200 pound steer mm. by themselves. Parents watching, mind you, but this is what you got to do to train your children. Boy, oh boy, Joe. Get a little bit of blood on their hands, huh? The reality of life and death. And Yes, sir. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah. Makes my, makes my skin crawl a little bit. <clears throat> I came across, I came across King James uh, Psalm 26 this weekend. <clears throat> Thought I maybe we ought to share this today. I spoke yesterday, <clears throat> excuse me, again, Jared's going to get it fixed up and posted for us. Mike Spalding's church on the salt, back to where the salt of the earth, not the sugar. I read down through all of Matthew chapter 5, and uh, we could go there right now, but we're not, we're not going to. And I asked the same question that I've asked a number of times, what do Christians, how would you recognize a Christian? What do Christians do? How would you recognize one? And we know this, don't we, that <clears throat> the spectrum is pretty broad. You can, you can come up with a list of a lot of different things of what Christians do, and you could find them in the Bible. I got a text from uh, Betty today about a, a discussion she'd had with one of the leaders of the church. And, the, and of course, he said, well, we all know, right, that uh, religion doesn't belong in the church. or I'm sorry, politics don't belong in the church. We understand all that, right? And that to understand that God is multifaceted, anything we are, God probably is as well, in one form or another. That sounds almost blasphemous. But we're, God's perfectly balanced. Love was his idea, but for him, so was hate. Whichever came first, the chicken or the egg, I, I don't know. If hate came first, then he countered it with love. But they're perfectly balanced in him. And for us to be able to say to other people that God actually hates things, folks, they'll throw you out of church. Somebody give me a thumbs up. They'll throw you out of church. Especially if you go into church and tell, tell them that God doesn't love everybody. It's like, it's blasphemous. They, they, they want to run you out. Amen. And it, com it comes back to what I was talking about yesterday, the salt of the earth, the sugar of the earth. Does God, <clears throat> if I'm creating the image of God and God, and I hate, does that mean, that, doesn't God hate? Wasn't that his idea? Wasn't that his idea? And how do we get this all 
buttered down to where it is. I'm going to open this up here in a second. Jack wants to get in there. I feel, I feel him. I feel him scratching. Go ahead, Jack. I get that. The um, I love that that uh, argument. Well, the church isn't political. We can't get involved in politics. You morons! Everything mm. in the church is political. Who gets yeah. to do what? Who gets to put the blooming plates out? Who collects everything? Who, get out of here! That's. <laughs> I never thought of that. That is one of the most political places <laughs> in America. Isn't it? So. Uh, is Joe Silver in here? Joe's always in here, but I don't know if I've seen him in here. Joe, you want to read uh, Psalm 26 for us? If you're you not in here, uh, okay, if it wasn't going to be you, I was going to fire you. We get somebody else in here, Joe. <clears throat> Folks, th- this, this, is, this is the Psalms of David, a man after God's own heart, King David, right? It'd be nice sometimes to go, go be able to go through the Bible and scratch some of these things out because some of these realities that we read that we read goes exactly opposite of what we're being taught in our churches. And I read Psalm 26. Actually, it was at Mike Spalding's church. Somebody read Psalm 20. I don't remember. I don't remember where I heard it. I, I I pulled out my phone and I texted it on my to me Psalm 26. Hey, folks, this is in the Bible too. Go ahead, Joe. Psalm 26. Judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in mine integrity. I have trusted also in the Lord, therefore I shall not slide. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart. Hey, friends, when was the last time that you asked the Lord to examine you? When was the last time that you sat down and said to God, Hey, (laughs) hey, Doc, give me a check up here, will you? Give me a colonoscopy here, will you, Lord? Uh, Give me an EKG. Test my heart here, Lord. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Why? Try my reins in my heart. Go ahead, Joe. For thy loving kindness is before mine eyes, and I have walked in thy truth. I have not sat with vain persons, neither will I go in with dissemblers. What are dissemblers, friends? <clears throat> what are dissemblers? Well, dissemblers break up assemblies. Those are the ones who try to break up assemblies. He said, "I'm going to go. I haven't sat with vain persons, and I'm not going to go in there with those dissemblers." Go ahead, Joe. I have hated the congregation of evildoers. What has he done, Joe? Say, say that for me again here. I have hated the congregation of evildoers. And will not sit with the wicked. Wow. How'd you like to put that test on most churches? Huh? Hated in the congregation of the evildoers, and I will not sit with the wicked. Yeah, we can't wait to invite the wicked into our into our midst, right? Come on. Go ahead, Joe. I will wash mine hands in innocency. So will I compass thine altar, O Lord that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous works. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. Gather not my soul with sinners, nor my life with bloody men. Well, hey, Joe, there's a separation there, isn't there? In this, it, folks, there's a very, very clear separation here. Those who say we're not to judge. Well, how would you know 
Huh? Gather not my soul with sinners. How would you know if they're sinners if you don't judge it? Nor my life with bloody men. How would you know they're bloody men if you don't judge it? In whose Mm. hands is mischief? And their right hand is full of bribes. Joe, read 9 and 10 again. Read that. Gather not my soul with sinners, nor my life with bloody men. In whose hands is mischief? And their right hand is full of bribes. But as for me, I will walk in mine integrity, redeem me, and be merciful unto me. My foot standeth in an even place. In the congregations will I bless the Lord. That's pretty deep. Because we're hearing just the opposite, right? How many times you drive by a church and see outside the church, everyone welcome? Right? Right? On the, on the billboard out front, everyone welcome. I better ask King David. Come on in, Larry. Yeah, I, I just want to take this opportunity to put an, infam- an exclamation point on something you taught us a long time ago. And that is assembly is more than just being shoulder to shoulder and side by side with someone. Assembling is being put together to accomplish a purpose. And boy, you've got people in, in, inside of those satanic social clubs calling themselves churches that their sole purpose in life is to be so perfect that they tell everybody else what's wrong with their plans. <clears throat> That's exactly it, it. It is. It is. So listen, I don't want to be, I, I hope I'm not coming across as doom and gloom because I think, I think unbelievably wonderful things are beginning to happen. I believe we're beginning to see it. I believe that for whatever reason, as I said, the NASCAR crowd is rising up. The NASCAR crowd. They're the ones who are encouraging bold men to step out. Rude awakening, great awakening. Spencer, Pastor Arder, down there at the bottom. Pull Pastor Arder up. You guys all know him. They can't shut, they can't shut Pastor Arder up no matter what. This was a presentation Pastor Arder made the other day that uh, Bobby has captured for us. Go ahead, Spence. 1980, finally, they said our children are worth fighting for. Yes. And they did it, and they took it to the streets, and they paralyzed the entire system. Yes, thousands were arrested. Yes, people were tortured and beaten. Yes. There is a price attached to freedom. How do you think the second war ended? Millions had to die. How do you think the first war ended? Millions had to die. And that's the price that we have to be willing to pay if our children are going to have a free and democratic society. This is our time. For two years we have been dancing polka with them. For two years we have been trying our best to reason with the villains. But I know villains. See, bully will never stop bullying. He will keep stealing from you all the time. They have, they have big appetites, those greedy dogs. <laughs> you have power now. Don't give it away. The eyes of the world again are here on this little border. And the world is watching you. Will you give in? Will you stop fighting? Will you stop defending the rights of the of the free Canadians? No. And now you have some, for whatever reason, just before we are going to get our freedom, I'm telling you, give up. Right before 
millions of people that are willing to come to support you. Now you're going to abandon them. What are you going to say? Oh, we've changed our plans? No. What are you going to say to those today and yesterday? No. Every single minute, I got thousands of messages. Thousands. I mean, this thing never stops. People saying, we're coming to courts. Yeah. We're coming to the Milk River. We're coming to support. We're bringing it. What do you need? What do they need? We're coming. Thousands upon thousands of people are coming. They don't have enough RCMP officers to deal with that. That's right. They don't have enough army to deal with that. Remember, you have the power now. Do not give it away just because it feels right. And yes, some of you might be arrested. Yes, some of you might pay the price. I'm not going to teach you that it's pleasant and beautiful on concrete in jail facing the biggest guns in the country. It's not. They don't treat us well over there, especially when you're a pastor. Three days on concrete and two nights. Every half hour they banged on my door. They did not allow me to sleep for three days and two nights. They roughed me up. They stripped naked me. They put chain on my leg. And yet I'm still here with you. Yes. Those people don't play fair. They're coming here with their badges and they're telling you that they represent the law. No, they're representing, they represent lawlessness. They are gangsters for the biggest mafia that there is, Kenny's mafia. And it's up to you now, for the first time in two years, to rise up, to stand up, and to hold the fort. And if this is our Alamo, so be it. And if you don't want to be here, no one is stopping you. You can take your car or your truck and you can go. There is a huge rally in Calgary. There is a huge rally in Edmonton. You can join them. No one will think of you as a coward. Everyone has to face the giants of the lungs. But I'm telling you, there is this huge opportunity right now that we have been given. God has given us this moment in history. Why? Because international media are watching you right now. That's power. During 1980, there was an order to shoot the protesters, to kill them. But because of the American media, they backed away from doing this because they knew the whole world will see what is happening in the in 1980. Right now, the whole eyes of the entire world are fixed on this little place. That's right. And you can do the right thing, or you can pack and honk around parliaments, legislature, fine. But I'm telling you, they're honking around parliament right now for a week. Yeah. How long are we going to be honking? For a month? For two? They're not really afraid of our honks, but they're afraid hey, Al, can of you can, you can cut that off. <clears throat> hey, Spencer, if you could. I mean, this, guy, this guy's got some stones, right? He's got some stones. Hey, Spencer, pull up uh, uh, Mr. Zero. Craig Mickle wants you to pull up Deuteronomy 8, 11 through 20. Deuteronomy 8, 11 through 20. That's where we are in our country. <clears throat> what, Folks, what a time to be alive, man. Uh, we <laughs> there is a wave coming like we have never seen. 
Deuteronomy 8, 11, 20. I'll let uh, the silver tones of silver read that for us there. Okay, here we go. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied and all that thou hast is multiplied, Mm. then thine heart be lifted up and thou forget the Lord thy God, wow. which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led thee through the great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water, who brought thee forth water out of the rock of Flint, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, and that he might prove thee, to do thee good at thy latter end. Yes, sir, our latter end. <laughs> and thou say in thine heart, Mine power and mine and might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth. Mm. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. And it shall be, if thou do at all forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods and serve them <coughs> and worship them, I testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish. As the nations which the Lord destroyeth before your face so shall ye perish, because ye would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God. Wow. Hey, Spence, go back up to the, about the 16, I think it was. Because <clears throat> I've heard this scripture misused. Uh, verse 17. And thou hast said in thy heart, My power and the might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth. Right? But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. And so you look at where we are, right? This is really profound, uh, Craig. This is, in fact, where we are, right? We've turned our back on the Lord. Judgment's sure to come. Glenn, come on in. Yeah, can I add, let me add an additional verse on on there. Uh, Second Chronicles 16, first half of verse 9. We're getting it up there. Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles 16, first half of verse 9. I think so it's... The eyes I, of the, go ahead. You know, I, when, I, when I saw Pastor Artur, I, you know, uh, Serge had put that in the chat. Uh, with, <laughs> and mm. uh, uh, this is what I thought of uh, when I saw him. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, to show himself strong in the behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards him. So, friends, it's a point that I, that I continue to make. Make it with Lorna, everybody who's fought the fight, Ben Davis, those who are fighting the fight. The Lord, look at that. 
His eyes are running to and fro. He's looking for somebody to empower whose heart is perfect towards him. So what happens to us is we come up through this veil of darkness and fear, and we don't want to try to penetrate it. And the Lord's sitting back as the commander-in-chief saying, go through it. Go! Go through it. I'm looking for somebody to empower. Isn't that what it says, Glenn? My eyes go to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong. The Lord wants to prove to everybody how strong he is, but he has to use a man to be able to do it. Exactly. He, we are partners with the Lord, or he is partners with us. Co-laborers. Exactly. Wow. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks. Somebody come on in and help me wrap it up here. We've got a few minutes left. We'll wait. Come on. Speak now or forever. Hold your peace. Yes, sir. Go. We have to stop uh, belittling the power of prayer. We have to spend time in prayer every day, each one of us separately in our little closets if necessary. Praying is something, it's not hard. It's just communication with God. It's getting to know the Father. Okay? It's not bless me with this or curse him with that or that kind of thing. Okay? Uh, it's getting to know him. And he'll Amen, Joe. What you need to do. So you know what happened yesterday at Mike Spalding's church? It was amazing. Never said anything like it. I mentioned it. Uh, all of a sudden, church began. All of a sudden, Dr. Spaulding was in front of the church, and he was talking. He was just ta- talking. I mean, he wasn't preaching. He wasn't. He was just talking. And all of a sudden, it moved into, does anybody have a prayer request? And boom, somebody says, yeah, this is going on. And they prayed specifically for that. Does anybody else have? Yeah, this is happening with my, my son and blah, blah, blah. Larry, will you pray for that? Folks, this went on for about 50 minutes. About 50 minutes. No praise and worship, no pomp and circumstance, no office, no collection. It went on for 50 minutes. I thought, Lord, boy, is this ever fresh. Not some program he's following, not played the music, then somebody say a prayer, and then somebody take an offering. The pastor just stood in front of the altar. So what do we need to what do we need to pray about here today? What do we need to pray about? And boom. Because somebody said the average church spends about to what 45 seconds a week on prayer when you're gathered together. Larry, come on in. Yeah, I just I, I just want to back up on what uh, Silver said about prayer and all. Remember, prayer is two-way communication between you and God, you letting God know what you're praying for, and God letting you know what your responsibilities are. And once I realized that God had a whole lot more important stuff to say and add to the conversation than I did, it changed my prayer life decades ago to from 
from a, a large percent of me to him, me to him, this, this, that, this situation, that situation, do this, drag that person, you know, take, put somebody in another person's. I mean, just man, I had it all figured out how he could make the world better. But when I realized he had more important stuff to say than I did, since then, my prayer life has been 98% listening and maybe 2% trying to tell him what what I would like to say. <laughs> How to get things done. Kevin, come in real quickly. Real quickly, Kevin. I uh, We had a special. Uh, we've, of course, we don't have a regular pastor at our church right now. Good. A guest speaker, and he, uh, uh, he, 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 he knew the right thing to say with my youngest son, who I just put into a rehab program. I spent about 15 minutes on my knees yesterday on an altar, handing my son over to the Lord. We got to sometimes give him up, give him mm. up to the Lord, because we can't control everything. We're not supposed to control anything. The Lord will take care of it. Yeah. We want to be in control, don't we? We want to be in control. God bless you. See you tomorrow.